All right, hello everybody. Thanks for listening to Through the Garden. Uh, today is January nineteenth, twenty twenty-four. Jordan, Alex, welcome. Hello, Alex. Hello. You did a Twitter poll. Yes, I did. I sure did. <laughs> All An right. Exciting, fun Twitter poll. Let's hear it. Okay, so funny story. So I came up with this poll yesterday. It was after work, and listen, early mid-January with this weather, there ain't much to do but go out and go to the mall to walk, right? So I'm walking around, I'm thinking, you know, what can I do that's kind of fun, interactive, but also painful at the same time for Chicago sports fans? Because that's just the way my mind goes. So We're just always I in cr- pain. Always in pain. Always. Constantly, Misery. constantly. It, it, it never ends. So I figured it would be really, really fitting if I did the best tournament of all time, the great mediocre match. I love it. So for those of you who don't know, the great mediocre match is like a tournament. And it's basically putting up a Chicago team versus another Chicago team. Same team. So like it's going to be a Cubs team versus a Cubs team, a Bulls team versus a Bulls team, so on and so forth but it's the battle of the mediocre playoff play-in teams. These are the teams that played beyond their regular season, but we darn well knew we're not going to be tasting championship glory. Sure. Okay. And uh, if you're listening to this, if you go to the Through the Garden uh, Twitter, it was retweeted by that account. Follow Alex, follow Jordan, follow me. Alex is the one who tweeted this out, so you'll find his tweet. That's where you can find all of this. So this was fun just to see what people said. So I figured we'll go through each one of these and we can kind of discuss the teams that are in these polls. Absolutely. So we're we're going to start with the Battle of the Bears. And this was (laughs) the 1994 Bears, 9-7, and the last wild card, fourth in the NFC Central, versus the 8-8 Bears of 2020 under Matt Nagy where they squeaked in on the final day because the Cardinals lost. Right. I don't know if you guys know the results of these polls, but if you had to guess who won, what would you guys say? I don't want to cheat because I have the results in front of me. Uh, yeah, but I I'm will say as well. that I do agree with the poll. <laughs> see, I disagree, but okay. curious well, to see we you talk about uh, it. Thoughts. We can yeah. talk about it. So 1994 won. They got 62% of the vote. 2020 got 38% of the vote. Now keep in mind, that the 1994 Bears, this was under uh, Wanstead. Wanstead was the coach. Yep. They won a playoff game. They went to Minnesota and beat Warren Moon on the road. Steve yeah. Walsh was the quarterback. Steve Walsh was the last Bears quarterback to win a playoff game on the road for the Bears. I was six months old. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I only say 94 only because the 2020 team was not even mediocre. They completely backdoored their way into the playoffs. They were trash all year long and they be- and they somehow beat Tom Brady on a Thursday night. That's oh, that's no. what I remember from that season and Mitch's walk-off loss touchdown in New Orleans yeah. in the playoff game. You have to put respect on the MVP <laughs> Mitch Trubisky and his performance in that game and the fact that oh, Jimmy Graham had the most ball move ever to catch the touchdown and just you know what straight to the locker room. Yeah. This game is over. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. And if you guys remember too the Bears were in that game for the first three quarters. Their yeah. defense was playing really, really well. 
They had a chance to tie or take the lead. That was when they executed that great flea flicker. Mitch Trubisky made the best throw yeah. of his career. Don't say the end. And Javon Wims dropped it. I hate that, man. <laughs> oh, uh, man. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. Yeah. That play was beautiful. It was so beautiful that other teams perfected yeah. it. I, and I want to I wanna preface with this was not an easy decision. I just, I'm just giving you my final thought. Uh, Alex, this poll was so much fun to do. It so, was. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, let's... we'll do more of these polls as yeah. we go. Yeah, we'll keep Definitely. it keep it rolling, keep it rolling. Yeah. All right. So that was the Bears. Which one do you want to do next? Next, we have the Bulls. So <laughs> we have the nineteen. Uh, excuse me, the tw- two thousand nine, two thousand ten Bulls. So not the ten eleven Bulls that won the conference right. in the regular season, but right. the year before, Vinny Del Negro was the coach. They went forty one and forty one. Um, and this is versus last year's play-in team that went 40 and 42. Yeah. Um, I disagreed with the poll on this one. Uh, the results had the 2010 Bulls as the victory. By I a just, lot. I thought last year you could not get any more middle of the road than what the Bulls were. <laughs> like, you could not get any more in the middle of the road than squeaking your way into the playoff, uh, the the uh, play-in tournament or a playoff tournament, and then um, just winning the one barely like they did, and then just and then just it all falling apart. Like it was the perfect end to just a perfect mediocre season to me. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, yeah, yeah. Second, I mean that team was pretty bad for most of the season uh they shocked us in the first playing game uh and then zach levine disappeared in the second one yeah. and that's a reminder of how far that franchise has fallen oh yeah they had a chance in that second playing game against the heat they had a chance they had a chance yeah they, i mean they were leading late and then they blew it yeah yeah and yeah. that's i mean it's a microcosm of what's gone wrong with the bulls is when they have a chance when Zach Levine is asked to be the alpha. Yeah. Unfortunately, he just always comes up short. Yeah. Oh, we're going to be talking about Zach Levine later. Don't oh, you worry. Can't wait. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And remember too, that, 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 uh, 2010 bulls team, you had Derek Rose, you had Joakim Noah, you had Luol Dang. Um, I think and, that's what did it to me was yeah. like the star power that was there. It wasn't as much mediocre as it was disappointment, you know? Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. Last year I felt like going from getting absolutely torched in the in the first round of the playoffs by the Bucks it, the year before last year, right? Yeah. They went into last year thinking, let's just run it back. I was like, you you're yeah. telling us you're going for mediocrity from the start. So they hey should Hey now, they, they brought sh- in Patrick Beverly, don't forget <laughs> that. Well, they should yeah, <laughs> they, yeah, Captain Mediocre. They they should hang a banner in the UC. Most mediocre season of all time. Bulls. It's always amazing because Chicago sports teams have a way of bringing in like a veteran <laughs> like Patrick Beverly who comes yeah. in and says, this is how you guys run your operation. Yeah. What is wrong with you guys? Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Happens all the time. All right. We're yeah. going to get more in the Bulls later. Um, I want to do the I want to do the Blackhawks one next, if you don't mind. Sure. Absolutely. So we pinned the 1997 Blackhawks. They went 34, 35 and 13. Versus the COVID bubble Blackhawks of 2020. That was the year where they got into that bubble play-in tournament just because they reconfigured the rules for the NHL with COVID. And they were literally the last team that was eligible to get in. So good for them. It's they, they, uh, did nothing on the group project, but got an A on exactly. it. Exactly. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
And that's why I agree with the poll. They had 2020 as the winner for exactly the reasons that you said. Like they, they basically got extra credit for showing up to class and they made the playoffs, you know? And very, you know, 1997, that was, that was truly the mark of the end of that era because I believe Roenick was gone by then and uh, Chris Chelios and uh, you had Ed Belfour, they were on their way out. I mean, really the only one that stuck around of note after that, at least one of the few was Tony Amani because after 1997, that's when everything just went downhill under Bill Wirtz and you were irrelevant. You were bad. You, yeah. Games were on pay-per-view, no. not on, you know, they were blacked out on television. Yeah. So that 97, 96 was truly the end of their relevance. 97 was kind of just the end of that era period. Yeah. And then going into yeah. the early 2000s, it was like, are we even a franchise? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. exactly. For sure. Yeah. All right. Now we got Cubs. I loved this one because this was. This was something. This was a fun one. This was a fun one. So, yeah, I'll, I'll let you explain. This is your tweet. So, The closest one. Yeah. The winner won 51%. So the loser was 49%. Yeah. Literally, like, a vote difference vote. here. Yeah, and an odd number of votes. It, yeah, so yeah. it was Yep, 37 vote. votes. Yeah, yep. one vote made yep. a difference. Exactly. So you have the 2007 Cubs that won 85 games versus the 98 Cubs that won 90 games. And okay, 90 games, that's a good record, but, and and 98 won that 51% of the vote. But let's be real. If Sammy Sosa isn't doing what he's doing that year, team's not very good. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that was the summer of Sammy, you know? Yeah. So it was a, Sammy Sosa was on a mediocre team, which is why I ultimately chose 98. I thought 07, my only argument for 98 over 07, really, besides taking Sammy out of the equation, was 07 was kind of building something more so than than mediocrity because yeah. 08 was 08 was supposed to be a fun year, right? It felt like 07 was building into 08. 98 was just like let's just let Sammy hit a bunch of bombs. Pretty so we, much. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, that was. Yeah, you had Sammy, you had Kerry Wood, and I mean, you know, outside those two, it's like okay. Henry Rodriguez was solid. Jose Hernandez was solid. Mickey Morandini was solid. Uh, Rod Beck had a great year as a closer. But if you look at 2007, you had Derek Lee. You had Ramos Ramirez. Yep. You had Alfonso Soriano. You had Carlos Sembrano, Ted Lilly, Ryan Dempster. Was 07 when he threw the no-no? 08. 08. 08. 08. 08. Okay. And Miller Park during right. the uh, yeah. Hurricane Ike yeah. Against the Astros, yes. Yeah, because yeah. everything makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. That, that yeah. was the year I, I mean, I, I'll just, I'll never forget that year. It was my eighth grade freshman year of high school year. And it just every sign the regular season pointed to that being the year. Truly. 100 years. Yeah. It was like 100 years. The socks were good. So it was like everybody was like Chicago, Chicago for a minute. Yeah, they it were was like, such here, a comes fun... the, here comes the Crosstown yeah. series. And, and then, yeah. and then it just crumbled. <laughs> it was such a fun two years, only for it to be ruined by NLL West teams. Yeah. I know. Yeah. 2008 like finalized my hatred for the Dodgers still to this day. Sure. Uh, I can't stand them. Uh mainly the because of, series was Oh, Ted Lilly throwing his glove on the, yeah. on the pitching mound just summed up every cup we, we were all Ted Lilly. Yeah. We were all Ted Lilly in that moment. That game, fun fact, that game he threw his glove, that was Patrick Kane's debut that night. Was it NHL. really? Wow. Yep, I, you know what? If, if that's what it took, 
if 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 Ted Lilly had the run so Patrick <laughs> Kane could or if Ted Lilly had the walk so Patrick Kane Patrick Kane could run, I'll get it out of my yeah. mouth eventually. Um, <laughs> exactly. Alex, thank you for doing that. That was fun. Uh yeah, more we'll, to come. Yeah, we'll we'll uh we'll stir up the pot a little bit on the on the twitters yeah. and uh we'll get stuff out, get the people going. Um thank Absolutely. you to all of those who participated. That was fun. We had some good numbers on that participation. Mm-hmm. So thank you for doing that was so. Fun. All right, so tonight we're gonna get back into more Chicago stuff later, but we got a lot of NFL to talk about. Um maybe a little NBA action. Um and then we got plenty of Chicago stuff to get into. So we'll try to hold off on the Chicagoness until the end but if it comes out it's not our fault so nfl we had super wild card weekend that they love they love calling it and it was truly a super wild card weekend because we had two games saturday two games sunday two games monday monday afternoon game calling up the leaving work a little early you know going to going to watch a football game like just yep. chef's kiss love it i think we should do that more um but <laughs> We can go in the order here. We can go as quick as quicker as slow as we want to. Um, first game was Houston and Cleveland. Uh, in Houston, the Texans flex their muscles. C.J. Stroud is that dude, and Joe Flacco ruins the day for Cleveland yet again. Yeah, um, you know, it's so interesting because we can relate it to what the Bears are, could or couldn't do coming up. But with a rookie quarterback, you know it when you see it. Everyone saw it last Saturday with yeah. CJ Stroud. He is yep. that dude. He is going to be that dude. And it just shows you that if you hit on it, nothing else. And matters. I'm so happy for Houston, actually. Like, I'm so happy for them, like how they were, like with Deshaun being Deshaun. Oh, yeah. Um, Lovey getting that first pick for us, you know, and then it just looked like they were going nowhere fast, you know, and then yeah. they took CJ Stroud, who everybody said he didn't pass that test, so he was going to be not as good. Uh, turns mm-hmm. out playing football good is more important than testing good. So, uh, yep. yeah, and uh, yeah, he's electric. Um, was surprised at the Browns defense, a little bit disappointed in the Browns defense. They were nowhere yeah. to be found. And then Joe Flacco just throwing two straight pick sixes. Like, that'll, that'll, we're end your used day. to seeing that. Right. Yeah. That'll yeah. end your day. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, I, I went into this game thinking, um Cleveland I think Cleveland's going to win but it wouldn't surprise me if Houston won and Houston just dominated them yeah it was it was quite the ass kicking in the second half and look the Texans were tanking and looking to get the first overall pick last year just missing it out and here they are they get the quarterback right, they get the coach right, and they've already won a playoff game. And there, here we yeah. go. And already, I like, the Houston offensive coordinator is getting calls from other teams already. Unreal. You know? Yeah. Unreal. It's crazy. Unreal. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so they're going to take on the Ravens next week. Um, the Ravens' number one seed, Lamar Jackson, two weeks rest because he took week 18 off. That – we might be in for another shootout, boys. That could be a sneaky good matchup. Yeah. Sneaky good matchup. Uh, give me the over. I don't care what the number yeah, is. Give maybe. me the over. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. Then Saturday night, Ice Bowl 2.0. Uh, the Dolphins, how funny did they look in their candy-ass teal pants running around at negative Man. 30 degrees? They didn't want to be there. They looked yeah. silly. and They did yeah. not look like and they And just seeing Miami Dolphins winter gear is just it's it's basically oh it was it's comedy. basically like a, a a hawaiian shirt parka 
you know like yeah. it's pointless yeah so funny. uh yeah they had no business uh being there uh I, I think dolphins same thing we say every year once it comes to playoff football uh they're going to struggle in games at all at home yeah and we just saw it on this past hour and like, they had uh, every the chance just... in the world to make it a home game and exactly. they just didn't do it no that's on them yeah. I, again it's this is what the dolphins do they get overhyped they get off to a great start and then they fade at the end that's what they yeah. do and Tua really doesn't have any excuses with the team around him. He's got all the weapons in the world, and you have one of the best offensive minds in the world. Yeah, yeah there's no, yeah, there's no yeah. excuses. It, there's no excuses whatsoever. You either have it at this point or you don't, and I like Tua. I think a lot of the – there's a lot of misperception because he is a lefty. I was I saw something a couple years ago where people were really on Tua's case about not having the fundam- fundamentals – uh, to be oh, able to, and yeah. then they they mirrored the TV to make it look like he was a righty, and it looks so natural because oh, yeah. of, because it's he just, was a righty, you know. Yeah. So I think he has a bad rep because because he is a lefty, but there's sometimes you just gotta you gotta buck up and make a play, and that didn't happen at all on Saturday. They were done no. from the start. It was a, I mean, it was still like a, it was a two score game. I think two or two scores, high end two score game. And yeah. uh, it really didn't have any business being that close because the Chiefs left a lot of points on the table. They did. Um, and to your point, I think Tua, when he's not playing on time, he's not very good. Um, yeah. Like mechanically, like you were saying, and it, they, dating back to when he was in Alabama and he came in for Jalen Hurts, a lot of people were saying the same stuff. It's like, ah, it just doesn't look right. I mean, it doesn't look right because he's a lefty, but. He's also a quarterback that has to have everything on time. And yeah. when it's not, it just falls apart. Yeah. Yeah. Final thoughts, Alex, on that one? Yeah. I mean, listen, w- Kansas City had an advantage with the weather no matter what. And it was going to be really, really hard for the Dolphins to go in there. And like I said, it didn't seem like they even wanted to be there. It seemed like they wanted to get the hell out of there. And I, it wasn't even a game, truly. And you have Pat Mahomes seeing his helmet break in the cold and. Oh, that made me so mad. That made me so mad because everybody was freaking out on Twitter. I've never seen this before. It's negative 30 degrees. Of course plastic is going to break. Why are we just all up in arms about this? Yeah, yeah. That's uh, unusual circumstances. I didn't even like science class. I knew that that was probably going to happen. Like going into the game, I was like, somebody's helmet is probably going to crack tonight. And of course, yeah. it had to be Patrick's. And of course, he had the. Is he the biggest wine baby in so, the NFL? I'm glad you said that. Perfect segue. I think we've reached a point to where the Chiefs are becoming the villains. I think you know, they are. Was a, I really yeah, think they are. It and, was a fun couple of seasons watching Mahomes on the rise. Yeah. But this season has annoyed me, not because of Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift can show up no. to every single game. Love seeing her at the games. It's the Chiefs specifically that are annoying me because. Yeah. Every call that goes against Patrick Mahomes. Or not a call that even needs yeah. to be made. He's up in the arms. He thinks he's Brady. You're not Brady. Yeah. Uh, you can yeah. move around. Like, Brady could not move around, so all of his all of his hits looked way more vicious because right. he was just standing there, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it, yeah. I yeah, I fully think we just reached a point to where the Chiefs are not the villains. Yeah, and I love Travis Kelsey. And I and my only thing with Taylor Swift, I I don't. It's not even a thing. I love Taylor. 
I'm a swifty. Yeah. I'm a swifty AF, bro. <laughs> I just wish that you were able to enjoy the game like a normal fan. Exactly. You know, mm-hmm. there's so much attention on her. Just let the girl watch her boyfriend play football. You know. Yeah. yeah. Leave her be. Yeah. Just Leave let her. her let her be. Yeah. But Patrick, yeah, biggest wine baby in the NFL. Like that's. Agreed. I'm I'm yeah. standing on that take for a while now. Yeah. No. Agreed. Yeah, you know what? Part of becoming the villain is when you win a lot, and that's what they've done. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. don't get me wrong. You either they... die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Yeah, I'd love just... to see us become the villain. I would Chicago. love to oh, be the it villain. It would be so great. And I've always think of like, how I've... happy people would be for for us for like a couple years, and then they're like, "Oh no, a Chicago has a good team. yeah, exactly." And then we and turn like... it, and then we turn into like Philly scumbag like that. Oh well, <laughs> I mean, one fan base said uh, this past week. Yeah, yeah, we'll get to that. We'll get yeah. into that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, all right. Yeah, let's so we'll see the Chiefs next weekend. They're gonna be playing a team that we'll talk about here in a little bit, but um we'll go over this one real quick with real with real monotone. Um the Dallas Cowboys uh forgot that they were playing on Sunday and let that other team just demolish them at home. That yeah. was a shellacking. It I mean was it was bad. complete yeah, so bad. Yeah. And you know what? If it was any honest, other team yeah. but the Packers, I would have laughed my butt off. But. I took the I yeah. took the over because I knew the over was going to hit. But then I I took the Packers spread, hoping to God I was paying for them to to just lose money, and they won me money. It it's blood money. It's blood money. Yeah, I was wrong. I thought for sure the Cowboys would. I was uh, I was hoping I well I've Green never Bay. rooted harder for the Dallas Cowboys than I did. On, on Sunday. Yeah. And, and uh, what's crazy is we sat here last week. We said if the Cowboys lose, Mike McCarthy is gone. Not only did yeah. they lose, but they lost in grand fashion. But they announced that McCarthy's coming back. Yeah, we're going to talk. We're Everyone talk thought coaches. he was gone. Everyone thought, and here yeah. he is coming yeah. back. Yeah. yeah, we're going to get back to that. I want to talk coaches here after we get through the playoffs. But, yeah, I mean, that. yeah, that's Dallas. Uh, shout out Stephen A. Smith, happiest man on planet Earth. It's it's something I count on every single year. Like I'm not even a Cowboys hater, but I just love seeing the sta- the panning to his face. And then the, <laughs> and then the initial yeah. laugh gets me every time I have a really good oh, buddy. Who's an Eagles fan. And I send them to him every year. I'm like, Merry Christmas, buddy. Here you go. It's a little late go. this year. Yeah. Um, and then the coolest game of the weekend, lions beating the Rams. Detroit was bumping. It was so cool to see. It was like I got goosebumps watching it. Like seeing the seeing all the fans crying in the stands for something they haven't seen in 30 years. Some of them not at all. Uh it it was a little reminiscent of like when the Cubs finally made it to the World Series, you know? Like they finally won a playoff game. It was very cool to watch. Well, it was like looking in a mirror. I'm like, I you see that and you're like, that was us in 2016. That's exactly what it looked like. And you know, you beat Stafford, you meet you meet your longtime hero. Yeah. You know, he, he his first game back at Ford Field ever as a member of somebody not named the lions was that playoff game. And it was a good game, man. Good I game. mean, one score game. And game. Oh yeah. It, it was the, the first. Week. Yeah, by far. Absolutely. Yeah. And it looked man, like it I was, mean, go- it was going to soar over in points in the first half and then just yeah. stall in the second yeah. half. Like um, lots of fun. Yeah. Oh, very fun. Very fun. And now, you know, the lions, they get another home playoff game because the birds lost to the bucks 
But now, like, they got the initial, okay, we did it. We won a playoff game. Now they can put their helmets on and play football. Like, oh, yeah. there's no more. I think they can make it to the Super Bowl. Yeah, with there's, the no more, so. there's no the more, playing. like, people feeling good for you. Now there's expectations. Now, now you've yeah. shown you are a good football team. Go be a good yeah. football team again. Like, prove it. You know? Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, they had they had the world on their side. They won. I think the whole world's still on their side, but now oh, yeah. there's expectations that you're a good football team. So right. here we go, you know? And, and then, can we talk yeah. about the A-list of celebs of Lions fans that yeah. just showed out? Yeah. Uh, I'm Stan, so love seeing Eminem there. Eminem uh, was yeah, love he was seeing hyped. Big Sean there. Big Sean. Yeah. Calvin Johnson on the sidelines. Yeah, that was Barry awesome. Barry Sanders and his kid, his kid, Michigan State earlier in the day, they won their basketball game. His uh, Barry Sanders kid plays on Michigan State. And then no, that's right, he does. And yeah. then they go to Detroit and, and Barry gets to see his Lions win. Like that's pretty gotta good be day. Sick. Yeah. That pretty was good fun. day. Pretty good day. Um, yeah, fun. Fun. Best game of the weekend. And then oh, yeah. uh two of maybe the worst games of the weekend. Uh Bills beat the Steelers. Bills beat the Steelers. Oh yeah. Um, kind of expected in my opinion. Felt yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I felt bad. Um my wife is a very very large Steelers fan. Uh, Rambo, we, yeah. we went down to Timothy O'Toole's downtown in Streeterville. She, oh. she, and uh, she got off work and we went to the bar. We're watching the game. I put a Steelers shirt on. I was so supportive oh, and it man. didn't work. Cause my God, <laughs> Josh Allen, Josh, Allen, playoff Josh Allen. And you don't yeah. think he wants to go see the chiefs at his house next weekend. Oh, he's ready. And that was the biggest question going into this game is, would we see the Josh Allen that we saw at the beginning of the season, turnover machine, uh, inconsistent with his play, or would we see the Josh Allen that rises above it, gets ready to make any yeah. play? And he did that uh, against a very not bad Steelers defense. Oh, yeah. Steelers defense. Oh, yeah. They're good. Yeah, Josh Allen is ready. Yeah. Yeah, they came out of the gates right away going and just didn't look back. I mean, yeah. You, yeah. you never really thought the Steelers had a chance at that point. And, you know, honestly – you look at the Steelers the past few years in the playoffs, you watch them make the playoffs, but they don't really have much of a chance. And I still think yeah. Mike Tomlin is an amazing coach, but they haven't really had a quarterback. It's either been Mason Rudolph or a few years ago when you had, you know, just the absolute shell of Ben Roethlisberger, you know, you haven't had, cause you know, big Ben in his prime was actually, was one of the best quarterbacks out there. Oh, but no, doubt. no doubt. Hall of Famer. That was, that was a while ago. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah, it's yeah, and it's it, we're seeing more and more now, especially in Chicago. Can't win without a quarterback. Can't do it. Like yep, you're exactly. not going to win without a quarterback. So, yeah, and, and Bills. I mean, Josh Allen just you. I'm honest to God, he went into that game knowing he wins this. He gets the Chiefs at his house. Finally, gets the Chiefs at his house. He's ready. He's yeah, ready. He's yeah. Ready. Uh, and then the uh, the Eagles are a train wreck. Remember when they were ten and one, and then they weren't like they. They frauded their way to ten and one. Yeah, lose they did not dominate six, like they yeah, did last yeah, year. Yeah, lose five or six down the stretch, yeah. hang on to a wild card spot, go down to Florida, and get waxed. Like they looked like they had no idea what they were horrible, doing. Horrible, horrible. Yeah. And and the and I write for Section Two One Five on Fan Sided for Philadelphia, and the finger pointing is well underway. They want oh, everybody yeah. gone. Uh, and uh, yeah, it, one of the best twitters is angry philadelphia twitter i will say that we uh 
we knew all last week that they would be in trouble. And then the second the pregame showed Baker whipping, smelling shots, I'm like, oh, it's, over. it's done. It's Baker over. is on disciple yeah. level tonight. Yeah, yeah. it's right. Yeah, I went to bed at halftime. I was like, I'm not staying up for this. Oh, like, I didn't. Yeah. I watched barely of it when the, the Bucks were starting to die. I don't have anything against the Bucks, but I'm like, this, this sucks. Yeah, it's over. Yeah, it was over. Yeah. It was over. So yeah. yeah. So yeah, that sets up that sets up the divisional weekend. Really excited for some of these matchups. I think I think Texans Ravens is going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Lions at home again against the Bucks. Bills Feel Chiefs. Like they is, win that yeah, one. Bills Chiefs. Did you guys is the uh, game. catch that question that Todd Bowles got uh, from the reporter? I who felt asked him about... so bad. I know. I I and he so handled bad. that with so much class. He handled uh, it perfectly. Um, yeah. It, for those of you who don't know. Uh, one of the reporter, one of the reporters asked uh, Todd Bowles how he planned to adapt to the weather in Detroit when his team is playing. Oh, yeah, they play indoors. Oh, very yeah. famously, have played indoors for a bajillion years. Uh, yeah. And Todd Bowles was very nice and just said, "Well, they play inside, so um, we won't do anything different. We're just going to practice indoors, and they'll just kind of buck it up for the thirty seconds they're off the bus." <gasps> As someone who I think walks. if I think there's a lot of other people that would have just laid the hammer oh, down easily, but Todd yeah. Bowles is just a really nice, really nice human. I've always been a Todd Bowles guy. I kind of yeah. wanted him in Chicago for a while. Yeah, and, yeah I was yeah. intrigued by the idea of Todd Bowles. Yeah, yeah that would have been fun. Yeah, but he yeah. handled the situation perfectly. Like, oh, he, he did. Yeah, he was yeah. very nice about it. But yeah, that was a tough look. Tough look. Yeah. 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 So anyways, yeah. Bucks are in Detroit. Can't wait for that one. Can't wait to watch the Niners just wax the Packers. Oh, it's going to just putting it into existence because I I need it to happen. I need, I need your boy Purdy, Alex. I need your boy to do the things to stop. Purdy to Kittle. Uh, I mean, I just, no matter who they're playing, I love that duo. On repeat. Oh yeah. On repeat. And I want the defense to show up. I want the offense to show up. I want Kyle Shanahan to do the Kyle Shanahan things. Christian McCaffrey, yeah. do your thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, again, you know, I secondary 49ers fan here. Even if they were playing the Saints, yeah, I'd be like, all right, let's go Niners. They're they're my second favorite team. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And uh as used to Dallas losing as we are in the wild card run, as best fans, we're used to Green Bay playing the 49ers and losing in the playoffs. It's it's our second Super Bowl. So yeah. let's see if it. only we could have Robbie Gold to come out of retirement. And just yeah, would kick be a couple but, more. Hey, more. respect the Cairo though. Respect the Cairo. Uh, for the Bears. Yeah, respect the Cairo. Yeah. yeah <laughs> for sure. He's the most accurate kicker in Bears history now. Yeah. It's hard to believe. Yeah, he is. He's that dude. Yeah. He is that dude. All right. Um, anybody want to change their Super Bowl picks? Yeah, I won't have to. I had, uh, I was, you know, Rams in Baltimore. Uh, still going to stick by Baltimore. I still think they probably uh, are the best team in the AFC, although Josh Allen is playing elite right now. But I think I'm going to have to go to Baltimore against Detroit. Detroit is really wow. stepping up. Yeah, Detroit, the way they uh, played last week has me inspired. So yeah. let's see it. I'm going to stay chalk. I'm going to stay with the Ravens beating the Niners. I think that I that's what I picked a very long time ago, and it's still alive, obviously, because yeah. they didn't play. So I'm sticking with it. I would love to see the Lions in the, in the Super Bowl. That would be fun. I'll say it. I'm sticking. Yep. Sounds yep. good. Sticking. All right, let's talk coaches for a minute. Uh, so we've, we mentioned Steelers, Cowboys, and Eagles. All three of those teams, I all three of them just got waxed. 
in the playoffs. Yeah. They asked Mike Tomlin about his future. He walks off. <laughs> that Every, was amazing. Everybody in Not their, a word. Everybody and their mother thought that McCarthy would be gone. And everybody in Philadelphia wants uh, uh, Roseman and Sirianni gone in Philly. So we find out that uh, Tomlin's staying. He's staying in, in uh, Pittsburgh. He said he's looking forward to a coach or a quarterback um, battle between Kenny Pickett and somebody. And he said he would love Mason Rudolph to be a part of that. Mm, uh, so maybe they're not going to get a quarterback. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, they need one. Yeah, I they, mean, they need one bad. next year. Steelers need a quarterback, a quarterback. And, and yeah. you know, there might be one available in Chicago for him. That would and be fun. I think, I think, I think Justin Fields would thrive under with Mike Tomlin, yeah. but they got to find an offensive coordinator that wants to get aggressive. And mm-hmm. exactly. When was the last time you had the words offense, aggressive and Steelers in the same sentence? Uh, Probably back to the days before Antonio Brown went crazy. Yes. Yeah. So that Mike McCarthy staying in Dallas against everybody's discretion, just making Stephen A. Smith happier and happier like that. that I thought I would have bet anything I had that he was gone. And Same. Bill Bell, I, when they lost, I texted my friend, the Eagles fan. I said, by the, by halftime of the Eagles game, Bill Belichick will be the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, it made so much sense. Yeah, yeah, and it didn't happen. Can you really see Jerry Jones and Bill Belichick working together, though? No, I can't Look, see. I can't see clash. any coach and Jerry Jones working together. Yeah. Jerry Jones is the coach. Everybody True. else is the puppet. And yeah, and, and maybe that's why Bill probably Bill would had not. Maybe not. Bill had. Said, maybe they did reach out to Bill, and Bill was like, "No, <laughs> like, yeah. no, <laughs> yeah." Maybe I, yeah. Bill goes to the Falcons. Isn't you there know what? A There's more that? noise. Uh, he I had, think uh, he, he has a second a, interview this weekend. He already had the second interview, and one of them was with Arthur Blank, just one-on-one. Which, by the way, if you're the Falcons, what do you need a second interview for for Bill Belichick? Like, yeah, that's at that point, just sign the contract. Questionable. <laughs> questionable. Uh, I also wrote this week, uh, so uh, shout out. Mel Kuyper came out and said that the Falcons should trade the eighth overall pick for Justin Fields, which I don't know about you guys, but I'm signing. Yes. I would. Absolutely. Give me one, eight, nine. Absolutely. He would be. Here's if you were going to do that and you were going to move on from Justin Fields. And listen, I've been kind of look at both sides of the coin type thing. Yep. Here's like, let's say you trade Justin Fields and you have the eighth pick. So you have three picks in the top 10, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Including the first overall. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. If you did that, then it would be even more frustrating <laughs> that they didn't get a new head coach. <laughs> yeah. Cause you're doing oh, yeah. it again. Yeah. You're doing yeah. it again yeah. where you're going to draft another quarterback under a possibly lame duck head coach. Yeah. Uh, not, not yep. a possible. He is. I think he is. I mean, yeah. there's, I yes. is. there's no, that what, if anything, the defense got better, right? And yeah. as, yeah. as the, we always say that, as the defense is currently <laughs> constructed, it's not going to get any better. That is, and that's the, the defense. Thing. Like it's what I said last week. We also fall victim of a last place schedule. Uh, when the Bears' defense went up against good teams outside of one game against Detroit, they but struggled. The, but the the you know the schedule thing, like I don't super buy into it anymore because. 
that really only changes for two games on the schedule, like may or three, True. three games on the schedule. So three of the three of the seventeen we play now are what really matters from that because oh, true, you, play, but... you, you get six division games and then everybody in division plays the same division. So that's 10. Yeah. And then you get an AFC division. So that's 14. So 14 of the 17 games are exactly the same. And then you yeah, get three true. lame duck ones. Those three can mean a, mean a lot though. It can, but it's a 17 game and season. Every game means something. The quarterbacks that Bears defense has put, played this past year weren't great right yeah yeah i it's just it's i i retired on twitter today (laughs) i retired i can't do this for four months i think i just have to stop tweeting about it until the draft happens and then i will continue my soap opera but i saw someone mute everything related to the chicago i I don't blame him caleb williams and justin fields i'm like Hey, I don't back. blame him. I can't do this. And six seventy score is gonna have uh uh Caleb Williams high school coach on tomorrow or today. Oh, yeah. If you're listening to this, it'll be on the Parkinson's Field Show uh today. Yeah. Uh I I what is he gonna say? He's terrible. <laughs> don't draft him. No, right. he's gonna say he's the greatest of all time and you should draft right. him. Like it's just yeah, everybody's just gonna hear what they wanna hear from this point forward. Yeah, I mean, at this point, people are either dug into Justin Fields as the answer or Caleb Williams or rookie quarterback to be determined later as the answer. I don't really think anyone's going to change between now and then. Yeah, and at this point, I just don't care. Like, I don't care. (laughs) I I expect failure, so I don't care. Just do whatever. It doesn't matter. Put me out of my risk. You're keeping the same lame head coach. It doesn't matter. Yeah. You're not, he's not going to outcoach Matt LaFleur or Andy Reid. Uh, no. I have a question. If you had to choose between Matt Eberflus and Bill Belichick, who would you choose? Belichick. Uh, second question. I want the hits principle. Uh, second question. If you had to you choose are in Matt- a historic market for coaches. Oh, God. That's what I'm saying. I'm sorry. That, I'm no, sorry. Go Bill ahead. Belichick. Jim Harbaugh. Like, all of these names. It was Mike insane. Vrabel is a better defensive coach than you. So, if you're going to go defense, you could have even upgraded there. Yeah, and Johnson could you know Johnson, but they're under contract with another team. You don't want to be disrespectful. Right? Yeah, how about the Bears just being exposed with Jim just, Harbaugh having interview after interview with different yeah, teams? Yeah, and yeah. It, it was reported that uh, after Nagy got canned, Harbaugh would have come to the Bears, and the Bears didn't yeah. even take the interview. They didn't even want like he reached out and said, "I would coach the Bears," and they said, "No, thank you." That's where and we're just at. like they did with Bruce Arians. Correct. What's going to be scary is the incompetency might be hidden if the Bears do take Caleb Williams and if he plays above it. Like, well, that's what everybody's saying is Caleb Williams yeah. is Bears proof. There's no such thing as Bears proof. No, no. such yeah. thing. You yeah. can't. There convey- is no such. I thing. will stand here every single day for the rest of my life and tell you, Patrick Mahomes <laughs> will never have been Patrick Mahomes if no. you were drafted by the Chicago yeah. Bears. I don't care if you're Patrick Mahomes. I don't care if you're Peyton Manning. I don't care if you're Tom Brady. I don't care if you're Drew Brees, et cetera, et cetera. You are not the quarterback that you are because you did not have to play for the Chicago Bears. Yeah, that's true. That's but case in point. <laughs> that yeah we've come to the chicago meatball portion of the podcast God, i, I hate this franchise so i do much. too i, I that's what i I'm, despise it that's what i tell packers fans i say as much as you hate the bears i promise i hate them more than you oh yeah because i mean 
Packers fans are concerned about who they're playing in the playoffs. of thousands of dollars I've spent on this team yeah. in like apparel and games and all this stuff yeah. for what? What have they given me? Yeah. Not even hope. We can't even say hope because, yeah, yeah, they just choose yeah. half measures all the time. Yeah, and Packer fans are like, oh, you guys suck. I know. So what? <laughs> like, what? Okay, there's nothing you can say to me that is going to hurt me any more than exactly. I'm already hurt. It's like Eminem at the end of Eight Mile. It's continuing to shoot. Says all the stuff about yeah, him. It's continuing to shoot a dead body. Yeah. They have no standards. They yeah. don't want to be great. They no. just want to be the rah rah. We're going to play hard, fight hard. We're the Bears football. Yeah. That's yeah. that's what they're standing. If, if they had standards, they wouldn't find. The fact that they've won three playoff games in the past 25 years, acceptable. They wouldn't find that acceptable at all. Or the fact that you haven't won a playoff game since 2010, yeah. over, over over a decade. And and that was and that t- la, and that loss in 2010 was to the Packers. And right, that the winner of that game was that was the Super Bowl. Yes, oh, yeah. anybody could have beaten this oh, team. Oh yeah, mm. yeah. We would have beaten I, – I guarantee you, if we would have won that NFC Championship game, color doesn't get hurt, we win the Super Bowl. Guaranteed. Oh, yeah. I've yeah. said yeah. it for years. Yeah. Said it for years. And then don't forget this too. This this I, I say all the time. How many times in a Bears press conference do they say it's not fine, but it's fine? Did we get the quarterback right? No. Did we win enough games? No. But we're going to bring everybody back because they came over adversity. Adversity that you created. Yeah, you're getting yeah. in your own way. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I, God, yeah. I hate that team I, so much. I hate them too, yeah. but here we are. Just being yeah. idiots. Yep, and we'll be back next September. <laughs> <laughs> Wipe them. Disband the franchise and bring in a real here's one what, No, city. here's yeah. what I say. Fold the franchise completely. And start a new Chicago franchise as an expansion with zero history, no yeah. history, no nothing. That's what I'm saying. You are just a new franchise. Yeah, men in black style. You just yeah. come in, change it from a memory. yeah, change it from a grizzly bear to a polar bear, yeah. and then we get some sweet white uniforms. Come on, man. The Bears should go back to those all white uniforms. I they were so yeah, clean. I'd like to see it. Yeah. yeah. You want, you guys want to talk about something happy? Please. Yes. Jason Dickinson. For the Chicago Blackhawks is sticking yeah. around. Two-year contract, sticking with the young guys. I love me some Jason Dickinson. He has nice been a solid player, good deal. He has been absolutely delightful this year. In a season that is supposed to be washed, he's made them, along with Connor Bedard, obviously, but Bedard is hurt. He's made them fun. Yeah. It's fun to watch hockey, knowing that you're probably going to lose. It's fun. And we're starting to see the vision. Like, honestly, I was a little bit surprised because I thought he might be a flip candidate here coming up. But then once I, I thought heard the for extension, sure he would be. But then I he like, said, oh, I want, okay. yeah, he said, I want yeah. to stay here. I want to be a part of this. He, he's yeah, so old, that's he's getting older, like a veteran guy who could really go anywhere and help win a championship. He was like, no, I want to build it here. Yeah. That's cool. And I mean, it's that, it's that first sign of the impact of playing with Bedard. I mean, yeah, yeah. playing with Bedard. At the very and, early yeah. stages of it. Playing with Bedard and having leadership that has a vision, and the vision is kind of working, which we haven't yeah. seen for the Blackhawks in a very long time. And you hey. can't get rid of everybody. If there's future value in somebody that's not necessarily a prospect, like with Nick Felino, he's a valuable leader. Now, would he be anything higher than a third liner or a fourth liner really at this point of his career on a contending team? No, but you have those types of players for a reason, and yet – 
I feel like that a guy like uh, Luke Richardson and Kyle Davidson, they believe in culture. So in order to build a culture, you do have to sustain some sort of continuity but this isn't sustaining continuity to be mediocre like shit stains like the Bears. Right. This yeah. is a rebuilding project with a vision. Yeah. This it's is a, different. It's yeah. a vision, and you obviously have like Connor Murphy and Seth Jones. They're buying into it. Oh yeah. They're that letter. Yeah. That they're that veteran leadership that's buying into the process. They understand it's going to be a bumpy road to get there. Connor Murphy's been around for a while now, which has just gone before Long our eyes. Tenured Hawk, I think. Crazy at this point. Crazy. I remember when he just got here, you know, and now it's been so long. Remember when we just traded for Seth Jones, and then yeah. now, and now he's up there too, in, in longest tenure. Like this is starting. Like it's happening. If you, you know, want, if you want to, haven't been watching hockey. Now you can get in on the ground floor, knowing it's going up. And dare I say, is Kyle Davidson potentially knocking on Jed's door for is being he, the best executive in Chicago? Is he that dude? He might be. He might, he might be. Look all the capital he got with these trades. I mean, I still can't believe he got all those picks for Brandon Hagel a few years ago. I know, yeah. I know. And you know what? Reichel hasn't really happened quite as yeah. everybody That's planned been disappointing. To. That's been yeah. disappointing. But it's almost as if it, uh, he obviously wasn't expecting it, but he's worked with it. He was like, okay, mm-hmm. we have a backup plan. How many times have we seen like these young guys not pan out? And like, it's just like, well, this is what we got. <laughs> like yeah, they actually exactly. have a plan, which is cool. The Blackhawks might be doing something, boys. They're fun. The big, be fun. The big question, big question I have, can they develop? Because as you guys saw, understand Bowman for that decade, they were arguably the worst team in hockey at developing from within. Yeah, they had the buy. They had the buy and buy Mm -hmm. and buy, and it just didn't work. Yeah, I mean, that's me the key. Yeah. Eventually, you ran it all. You you bought everything you could. The era ended, and your cupboard was bare. And, you know, we saw guys kind of just come in and fizz out, like Ian Mitchell was supposed to be something, Adam Bocas was supposed to be something, and it just fizzled out. yeah. Yeah, but you know this is—it's starting to shape up. Like in maybe two years, we're gonna have a young team that's ready to win, just missing one or two pieces that you oh, go yeah, and get at sure. the trade deadline because you have the capital and you can make it happen. Yeah, he's doing—they're doing it like you're supposed to do it. You're supposed to have the majority of your team ready to win, just missing a couple pieces, and then yeah, you go it's, get them it's and been win fun to watch. So, um, the build as someone that kind of came in halfway through the Kane and Taze dynasty. It's been fun to kind of get in on the ground floor with this team and truly see Bedard yeah. um, in this rookie season and see what this team becomes. I'm excited. Yeah, and, and you look at the dynamic of how they're building it too. And, you know, you can look back at the way they built the Hawks in the previous era. This is under a much bigger microscope because when the Hawks were rebuilding, they weren't on TV, they were completely irrelevant. And then all of a sudden, you know, Bill Wirtz dies. The games are on TV. And then suddenly, you know, the Blackhawks marketing, they came out with one goal. And all of a sudden, people are like, huh, this this young team, yeah. they're kind of good. Maybe they're worth yeah. watching. And then people got into it again where, you know, I, I know the other game against the Sharks with that nine-round shootout. That was really wild. cold. That was weather crazy. wasn't great. Two yeah. worst teams. That was insane. You, know, yeah, you had some empty crazy. seats there, but. But look at all the people that stuck around for it. That was an awesome yeah. shootout. That was so much fun. Yeah, yeah, and I think that overall, 
they're drawing pretty well. Drawing pretty well. Yeah. Oh yeah, I yeah. think so. I know we're going when uh, when the Penguins come to town. We'll be there. Oh, that'd be yeah. fun. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So we we got something going for us, boys. Hey. <laughs> we got something. Sheepishly uh, for now. Says. Yeah. For now. <laughs> um. All right. Let's see. Let's get to this Sox thing right quick because we can get it out of the way. Sox p- possibly looking at a new stadium in the South Loop. Uh, that lot. Um over by the river right there 87 i think the 87 is that yeah yeah. um was supposed to be some affordable housing uh never got developed now there's the apparently jerry reinsdorf is seriously talking with chicago about buying this lot and building a stadium there uh obviously no details on who's paying for what that's the Uh, question that's gonna be the key also uh somebody brought up a good point on the radio today what's underneath the lot Yeah, we're not, that segment because yeah, it's kind of sure. just been sitting there. So it's like, yeah. wait a second, how come you guys yeah. haven't done anything yet? Yeah. With an industrial history, and you right. know what happens with industrial, you know, processes, yeah. especially the old ways yeah. when they yes. didn't have the safety disposable and we're not, uh, protocols we have now. Yeah, and we're yeah. not a we're not a crime podcast, so we don't right. super know. Uh, but yeah, so maybe that. That is the latest big rumor since they were going to move to Nashville. So maybe we keep two teams in the in the city now. Uh, maybe nicer I mean, ballpark. Honestly, if they do, just make sure that the battle's eye faces. The I was city's about skyline. to say yes. that UIC, that would be yeah, UIC's yeah. baseball stadium is the perfect Chicago stadium. Oh, that view is oh, amazing. I mean, it's like a, it's perfect. Yeah. I would go to a ball game specifically to look at that. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, if if they do that, like. They have the chance to do something great, but there's tons of hurdles to clear before we get there. But yeah. if we get to that point, you, what must be a must is making sure the battle's eye faces the city's guy. Yeah, I, I wonder if uh, I wonder if Jerry's thinking of doing the old buy the property then sell the team, like the Bears might Maybe. be doing. You know, I mean, it would improve their value. So, yeah, would yeah. improve their value and good for Sox fans getting somebody that might actually care about the team in there. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I don't hate the White Sox. I'm obviously a Cubs fan, but I have no hatred for the Chicago White Sox. I know, oh, that, might, I know that might piss some people off. Uh, I know the Sox fans care deeply about the Crosstown Cup. Um, Look, I mean, I, as a Cubs fan, watching that rebuild come up, I was jealous. I'm like, whoa, you guys have Luis Robert. You guys have Eloy Jimenez. Right, you guys yeah. have Tim Anderson facing yeah, baseball. I was at like, the whoa. I was at the game when Benetti called the Thanks yeah, Cubs. Yeah, I was yeah. at the game, and seeing the White Sox fans there oh. like going nuts, I was like, oh, dang! Like I, yeah. I felt it. Yeah, I was, was like, you could hear it. I was like, I was yeah. I was like, uh, that was cool. That was the, that felt like the changing <laughs> you know? of the guard. Right, yeah. yeah. That, like well, everything in Chicago to, just flipped. It was supposed yeah. to be mm-hmm. the changing of the guard, and then they screwed it up. They, See, had, it, and they like, had it on a silver platter for them. And it was and then crazy. let's hire Tony LaRusso. Yeah, and, and even when they hire Tony, because Tim has that walk-off in the Fear of the Dreams game, yeah. you have Joe Buck on the call, and you're like, oh, man. And this you're like, is this here. is happening. Like, yeah. the, the Sox are about to do it. And yeah. I got to the point where I was kind of rooting for them. And then yeah. they, lay an egg the, they lay an egg, hire Tony LaRusso, and here they are Oof. with absolutely nothing to show for it. Crazy. Yeah. I, I can't believe how fast that whole thing fell apart because I would say in 2019, they were the future was looking as bright as it could be oh, at that sure. point. Even with losing out on Manny Machado, which was a gut punch for them, but you still figured, okay, 
Luis Robert looks like a generational talent and he's a very good ball player to this day. Yeah. You had uh, Dylan cease and you had Lucas Giolito's uh, rise. And then you had one of the Michael worst Kopech. pitchers in baseball. Remember that oh, yeah. commercial in, in 2019. Your oh, uh, Mikado is one of the best players yeah. in baseball in 2019. Yeah. The thing that happened with Manny Machado is they didn't get him. And then they didn't have a backup plan. No. So, no. yeah. Um, but yeah, you know what? I think it would be cool to see a stadium, a uh, new yeah, stadium for them. Fun. I, I, I absolutely want them to stay in the city. I want to stay a two-ball team part. Or two I, ball yeah, team I don't want just no, one yeah. team. Chicago's by the way, two teams. Exactly. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. All right, let's go to the north side. Uh, we had Cubs con. Tom Ricketts comes out and welcomes everybody to Cody Bellinger chance. Uh, and Dansby says, "I'm in Jed's office every day, telling him to pay him." So they're not so. Cubs fans and Cubs players not making it easy for the Cubs. And every day that goes nah. by without Cody Bellinger, they're just making it more hard. I mean, like, I want to see Cody Bellinger back on the Cubs. He's a vibe for sure. I feel um, like every and, day that they wait, that price tag is just going up. See, it, it is, but it's also bound to come down at some point. And I think the Cubs realize that there's not another team out there that's going to match what Scott Boris wants. So I think the Cubs are perfectly content with letting this ride out into spring training, knowing that Good point. eventually Boris has to come down. Good point. Good point. Where do you see it, Alex? My, my outlook is I feel decently about him coming back. My one fear is that Art Moreno, the owner of the Angels, is going to say, you know what? We're desperate to make some sort of big move. We just lost Shoy Otani. We need to fill butts in the seats. Let's but, bring in a big name. But would Cody do that? He gets the offer. If he you gets think, the offer, you he think might. he would do I mean, it for the money? I if think he gets, if they're a... willing to give him two hundred plus million, and nobody that's else true. is, that's true. This, yeah. this is Scott I mean, Worth we're talking about. Oh yeah, two hundred million. Say it's a eight nine year deal. He's set. Because I mean, realistically, if he's looking towards coming back with the Cubs, I don't think the Cubs are going beyond four or five on their offer. Right. I don't see them going 200 million plus, no. or maybe even, I, I wouldn't see them going over 190 million at this point. And it's not like the angels are in some weird spot. He's never played in before. We're talking about yeah. Los Angeles here. I got an idea. Why don't they just defer the money and then Tom can sell the team and make somebody else pay for it. <laughs> okay. There you go. Huh? Problem solved. Isn't that the way to do it these days? Pretty uh, much. You're the Dodgers. Apparently. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Emmanuel Class A is on our big board uh, from Cleveland to be the closer. Uh, I don't know what kind of trade package it would take to get him over here, but I know a that uh, yeah. But I do know that if he becomes a Chicago Cub, that bullpen just got a whole lot better. You don't. Oh uh, yeah. Alzale doesn't doesn't have the pressure of being the closer right now, where I think he dominates as a setup guy. And yeah, I yeah. So I would love to see that trade executed, but we'll see. I don't know what the price tag is, so oh. it's probably gonna be a lot because you're talking about the best closer in the American League. Uh, did have some regression last year, but his contract is such a team-friendly contract. Four million until about four yeah, million until, until that's where the value is. Yeah, yeah and until twenty thirty. Yeah. So and then two. Well, yeah. it, it's two years of uh, club option at ten million. Yeah. 
Yeah. Even ten and million is a steal, it's man. Still, I mean, because we're talking yeah. about Josh Hader potentially signing yeah. for what is five he like, years. Yeah, what is he like? Twenty-five. It's like five 26? years, one hundred and five that he's looking for. Yeah. So he's like twenty-five, yeah. twenty-six years old too. Like he's not. He's class A. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. Class A is yeah. right in that. Yeah. where like Josh Hader is that is is coming into thirty, and yeah. you know he's he's had some miles on that arm, obviously, and now he's looking for what was once starter like front end starter money. Yeah crazy yeah crazy it's gonna be money. crazy yeah. it sounds like the astros might be in on that so i'm yeah. curious to see yeah. what that deal is i tell be. you what i whatever happens jed has my trust because i think so i he, know what? you know I in 21 sne- yeah. in 21 i was pissed at him i was very upset at him but i quickly realized he knew exactly what he was doing yeah and he's yeah. smart and knows so whatever he does i trust him to give me a winner here soon i and really the- do the Cubs obviously haven't made flashy moves this offseason, but I sneakishly love that Michael Bush trade. Yeah. I think that could be a gold mine of a trade. It could be the make or break of the season, quite honestly. You know? Oh yeah, because if Michael Bush comes in and if he he's projected for like a one twenty one WRC plus, and if he hits that this season, that would be our first base problems answered for the next six, seven years. And thank you for your service, Patrick Wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they're putting a lot of stock in him. You know, they're they're oh. very serious about him. So this is a big gamble that could potentially pay off big, or it could be a complete flop. It's you know we'll see. But yeah. Yeah. he was essentially blocked by the Dodgers when he was in the organization with everybody that they had. So yeah. you know maybe getting that chance to be a full time player or at least a frequently regular player will help him kind of unlock some of his potential. Yeah, definitely. Hey. Yeah. It worked when they uh, traded for a blocked first baseman from the Padres uh, nearly 10 years ago. So. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Um, all right. Hate to end it on a sad note, but we got to talk about the Bulls Ring of Honor oh. and the disaster <sighs> that was. Yeah. Uh, if you didn't hear, uh, the Bulls did a Ring of Honor uh, added to the retired numbers and stuff, and uh, they honored several people including who was supposed to be michael jordan scotty pippen and dennis Rodman, and none of the three were there making it completely irrelevant not surprising frankly and then (laughs) jerry krauss was announced as an honoree uh and like him or not well deserved he built the thing he might have destroyed the thing but he built the thing Mm -hmm. uh and as you know, Jerry Krause is no longer with us. And his lovely wife sat in to accept the honoration. And uh, the crowd booed her. The crowd booed a very small old lady because they did not like her husband, who probably, I'd say at least 60% of the arena had never heard of before the last dance. Yeah. Um, yeah. not a good look at all. Nope. Yeah. Everybody was mad at us. <laughs> and <laughs> as a Bulls fan, I'm pissed because I'm linked into it. Exactly. We're kind mm-hmm. of thrown into the mix. And here's the thing. And this is why, like, everyone wants to say, oh, blame Michael for how he talked about Jerry in the last dance or, you know, blame Jerry. No, blame the Bulls and the fans. One, the Bulls should know. Bulls fans have always booed Jerry Krause. Like, yep. You so, gotta know, man. 
when you put the final approval on that rundown and someone says, okay, we're going to show Jerry Cross on the Jumbotron and then we're going to flash to his widow, someone should have said, no, that's not going to be a good look. Um, but but knowing the Bulls, they were like, what a great idea. I can't exactly. believe they didn't anticipate that. It's no excuse, but you should have anticipated right. something like that. It's just so right. bad, man. Like it's yeah. it was sad. I hated it. I got I um when I'm uncomfortable, I giggle. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. so yeah. I sense. was uh I was giggling and, and just excruciating uncomfort. And yeah. just seeing uh his wife, just seeing her reaction. And she's like, oh. like yeah, uh, I can't. I'll never get that. Embedded in my brain. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. So it was, now it was heart wrenching to watch. So now the Bulls yeah. got to do something for her, um, and she's never gonna want to come back to the United Center ever again. No. Uh, no, I think that just that cancel the Ring of Honor. Just it's done. You ruined it, and you, you we can't go back. Like it's over. There's one solution that they had for this whole thing. You go to Michael. You'd be like, Michael, these are our home games for this year. Which one can you go to? He says yes to that game. You plan it for that game. And then guess what? We're not seeing the video montage. Everyone's, it's going to be like uh, when uh, Jimmy Johnson got inducted into the Cowboys Ring of Honor. You just give Michael a mic. You just let the cameras roll on him for halftime, and then everyone's talking about that instead of the disaster that was. I just don't think he's going to do it. If he didn't come for no. this, he's not going to come. He barely no, wanted to yeah. come for the All Star game. He barely. I mean, that video. Which, by the way, can we respect his background uh, when with all did, the trophies and stuff? Yeah, with all the trophies. <laughs> I'm like, that's a billionaire background right there. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I yeah. It, the minute the minute the Bulls found out Michael's not going to be there, you cancel it. You cancel the exactly. whole thing. Yeah. Do do yeah. If you want to do your gala on Thursday, that's fine. Because if that's... Michael, if Michael were there at the game, right? If he were there and the booing happened, he would have taken the mic and he would have said something. Oh, and yeah. I took it personally. That's what he said. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh no. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Um. All right. Well, that's the show, boys. Uh, any final thoughts on anything? Hopefully, we have a new OC by this time. Uh, by the time we record next week. Yeah, new OC. Yeah. Maybe some Cody Bellinger yeah. in our lives. That'd be fun. Um. All right. I want to. Okay. Something. Reese Hoskins. Somebody. I don't know. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I got two things I want to do. Uh, for future podcasting. This is us planning our next episodes and this episode, kind of on the podcast, like bringing people in. You know. <laughs> um, one, I would like to, uh, put one of you on the spot every single week to ask you what we should name the podcast episode to go out one. And then two, um, maybe we, um, each make a prediction of what we think we're going to be leading the show with next, next week. Okay. So okay. I'll go first. This is what I think we're going to be leading the show with next week. Patrick Mahomes is a whiny-ass quarterback and got stomped by the Bills. Hell yeah. That's mine. Jordan? All right. I'm going to say we will be leading the show talking about the Cubs' new designated hitter, Pete Alonzo. Ooh. Ooh. Wow. 
Wow. Ooh. All right, Alex. Like it. Beat that. Bears fans want to jump in the Chicago River as the Packers go to the NFC Championship. Oh, oh don't no. say that. Two drastic opposites right there. Oh, <laughs> yeah, man. right. One is one is something that we Chicagoans love. The other, uh, yeah. All right, Alex, yeah. I'm going to give you a chance to redeem yourself here. What should we name the podcast episode here? <sighs> the mediocre match the mediocre after the match. poll. The mediocre match. All right. That's the show. Um, we were on a weird uh, day this week. We were on Friday only because of me, because I'm an idiot. Uh, we will be back to Thursdays next week. Thank you guys for listening. Make sure you follow us on the Twitters or the X. Um, and uh, we'll talk next week. Let's do it.